My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best. May the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. Craig Four. Hello there. My name is General Kenobi. <laughs> and this is a bonus episode today of the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Colin and Josh podcasted earlier today about Andor Episode 10, One Way Out. Um, we had a lot of and- complaints from it, so we figured we better <laughs> you just forget about everything they did and start fresh. Clean slate. There you go. Redo. <laughs> so yeah, it was such a great pod, uh, such a great episode. We had to podcast twice about it, so... Yeah, I just want to get uh, both of your thoughts on the episode. Uh, General Kenobi, what you, would you think about Andor Episode 10? Sure. One way out, right? That gave me chills by the end. Um, all I can say is finally, right? <laughs> you know, we've been building up to this for quite a bit. Uh, and we finally got our payout on this. So super fun episode. You know, we, we were definitely gearing up for it. Uh, I know, you know, People out there on the interwebs have been like, when is this going to happen? And why can't we get it sooner? But we got it. Episode 10. Uh, it's great. I, I enjoyed it. It, you know, from the beginning, it kind of has you, you know, on the edge of your seat. You're just, you know, waiting for the next thing and the next thing. Uh, I, I thought it delivered pretty good. I have to say, I I hope we keep seeing some of, you know, more of Kino uh, and the circus's um, character. Doesn't look too good, right? But, you know, in the spot that we left him at the end of the episode. Um, but I hope that, you know, he does uh, keep at least showing up on the rest of Andor. If nothing else, then maybe the season finale, right? The, the two episodes. Um, I, aside from all the prison break stuff, of course, I really enjoyed that little dialogue that uh, Luthen had with uh, with his informant, right? Uh, when he basically calls him out and he's like, hey, man, you know what? What are you sacrificing, right? Like, what what are you doing for this rebellion? Like, I'm over here, you know, being double agent type of thing. And, you know, I got a daughter, blah, blah. And Luthen just kind of goes off, right? Mm-hmm. And he he delivers very well. I mean, we know that Skarsgård is a great actor, but he really shines through on this type of scenes, I think. Um, you know, the dialogue is... is, uh, is, is simple in a way but you can he portrays it in a way that it seems he's really speaking from the heart right like he's actually showing you know his true feelings right it's like look i've basically sacrificed everything right i've given up on love and given up on family friends you know even money right like all of that is gone like i will never see like the fruits of my labor i, I love that he put it that way right like i'm i'm fighting for a freedom that i will not enjoy uh, and I have to use the tools of my enemy to defeat him. I love that line. That that line stuck with me. Uh, he's like, so I'm I'm cursed in that way. So I I found myself enjoying that that dialogue a lot more than than you know than maybe I should have. But uh, yeah, that, I thought that was great. The action was good, of course. Um, you know, we knew it was going to happen, and um, and. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I know that there were a lot of theories about how this breakout was going to go, right? Uh, we all know he was going to bust out of prison. It was just, um, was it going to be uh, an inside job or were, you know, somebody external going to go in and help him? And I know we talked about everybody from like Kanan showing up, right, with Hera, uh, Saw Guerrero, of course, which we saw, uh, you know, some unnamed hero all the way out to like Ahsoka and, you know, Bell Organa, right, like showing up on the Tantive to to bust him out, uh, to which I always was kind of doubtful just because, you know, they've, they've said it before, we're trying to keep it, you know, laser focused on on the on the characters that we already know. So, uh, but but I was a little bit surprised to see that they basically had no outside help, right? So far, I mean, we're we're not done with the full, you know, they're still on the planet. Um, but uh, it does play to the theme of the previous episode when he said, you know, nobody's listening, like nobody cares about us, nobody knows about us, right? Uh, and it kind of seems like that's true even for their allies. So I thought that was an interesting choice to make. Yep. Craig? Uh, phenomenal episode. I mean, what a build-up. I mean, the tension, uh, even from the minute he got to the prison a couple episodes ago, I don't know, it was two or three ago, just incredible. Andy Circus was outstanding. Just his, even the way he looks in, with it, just looking away the, the facial expressions he makes are so intense. He's just been unbelievable. And he just shines in every every scene that he's in. And he was just unreal in this episode. And uh, God, it would be really wild if he doesn't survive after helping everybody get out like that, you know? Uh, so hopefully he does. Although, you know, where, where would he really go in the story? I, I just... I don't know. Can you guys really see his character keep going throughout the series? I don't know. I really loved him, so I hope so, at least on some level. Right. Uh, but the writing is almost poetic at times in the way that they talk. And um, sometimes it feels a little unrealistic in the sense that, particularly when the show was starting off, People were talking about historical events, like almost like they lived them, like everybody would know these things as common facts at times. And that kind of threw me off a little bit because I'd be like, all right, like, could you guys really talk about what happened in some other country, you know, even a few years ago, like you, you like you knew it really well, you know what I mean? So sometimes the writing is so beyond, like, I think how people just genuinely talk or about things in the moment, but you know, it's so well done in like almost every aspect. I, I really don't understand why people aren't watching the show. It's, it was a little slow at first, but you know, the payoff has just been outstanding. Mon Matha has been phenomenal. Yes. Um, 
you know, even the Imperial side of it has just been so interesting to watch that whole perspective and seeing it play out. Um, although, what's the other guy's name? We didn't see him this week. His character is a bit odd. Is it Cyril? Cyril, yeah, that's it. Cyril, that's what I was yeah. His character is a bit odd, so I'm not quite sure where they're going with this. And now he looks like a, a love-struck a stalker. <laughs> yeah. That was I a bit creepy, man. That. I really didn't get that vibe from him as like a like stalker that has a crush. I got it more of a stalker that wants to get back into... like He's in love with the Empire. He's in love yeah. with yeah. the law of the justice of the universe. Yeah, there is an obsession there, but you know, it does... A lot of people act like that when they're obsessed with love you know somebody so there might be some element of that in there too you know what i mean i guess yeah. we'll find so i'm not quite sure where they're gonna go with his character uh but the show i mean this episode was it's it seemed like a season finale it was so good yeah yep i agree yep uh and it's episode 10 outstanding uh, so I, I mean, it's, I mean, could you put that next to book of Boba Fett? It's like, <laughs> could please Tony Gilroy, can you please write something for Boba Fett, please? <laughs> yeah, that would be something that would be really something. But yeah. Think about it. when you see the writing of that show compared to this, it's like, oh, yeah, it, it's totally two different franchises almost. It's, I mean, yeah, exactly. I really bring Tony back and on other projects besides Andor. Rogue 2 when the Bothans die. There you go. Hey. <laughs> you bring so back that, Genevieve O'Reilly. So right before Return of the Jedi. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 We could see live on screen Bothans for the very first time. I think we did see one with a helmet on in the background and in Return of the Jedi, but I mean we didn't get to see those facial Yeah. I thought supposedly wasn't there a rumor that we saw one in uh deleted footage from episode one that he's like driving the cab that anakin gets in the sky cab i think that was like wishful thinking really but i don't think that was a bot i don't <laughs> think it was confirmed yeah but yeah my thoughts on episode 10 one way out i mean it was incredible visceral the pacing was great the writing was great the action was great i love andy circus to me he's a legend yeah. I mean, he's Caesar, Gollum. Um, what am I missing? He he directed the second unit on The Hobbits. Um, he's Ulysses Claw, who just chewed all kinds of scenery and Black oh, Panther. And he was a great he was a great pick to be that character. And yeah, going back to what General Kenobi just said about the the scene with Luthen. And what I was hoping was going to be level 1313 on Coruscant, that would have been a cool callback. Yeah. But he gives that monologue. Basically, you could have just maybe had a one-word sentence to answer that question that Lonnie had for him was everything. He gave up everything. and But he articulated it in a way that was just awesome to hear him give that speech. And the writing is just fantastic. And, That's and, what where it felt like poetry. Yeah. Right. The the way he said it, that felt like poetry. And to yeah. the character, right? Like, you, you get the feeling that he's thought about this answer maybe way more than he wants to admit, right? Like, yeah. he has a tally. He has a laundry list of the things that he's given up on, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so when somebody asks him, he just, you know, he's like, oh, what have I given up? 
Well, let me tell you, because I think about it every single night when I lay awake in my bed, you know, thinking if they're going to come after me. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, and he just goes off. So there's, I think it added that, that little like extra layer of, of depth, right. To the character. And it's like, dude, this, um, this guy knows, right. That, that, uh, uh, all, all of his fighting will be, again, he will not, you know, um, he will not see the 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 real fruits of his labor, right? Of his mm-hmm. sacrifice. He's just planting the seed for somebody else to to you know to saw later. But um, I don't know. I I I enjoyed that. Like I said, a, a lot. You know, and of course, it, it it all hangs on his delivery, right? And Skarsgård just does it flawless, right? He's I mean, incredible. Yeah, He's yeah. Incredible. it's crazy. Yeah, and, and it is super thought provoking. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the acting in the show is just unbelievable from everybody really yeah mm-hmm. yeah it really is yeah totally agree go back to kino loy andy circus i mean yeah. he oh, gave an incredible performance and funny enough i i became a huge lord of the rings fan and i discovered andy circus pretty much there but he had been acting beforehand and he would show up in several movies i had no idea who he was so he wasn't a working actor but not until Gollum, he got famous for the voice role and then of course he he pioneered motion capture and founded his own studio with the imaginarium and now he he did that a whole trilogy of planet of the apes where he played caesar and he did that whole that too yeah gone through that whole franchise and i mean he yeah he's just incredible diego luna also as well i mean he is that character i mean he is casting andor and he's living up to the role that he portrayed in rogue one totally yep. i don't see anything where they're deviating from that style and of course it's tony gilroy that kind of swooped in on in, on that film and kind of said you need to do this and do that I and mean, i say right. it all the time on the podcast but i mean that there was a lot of controversy talking about how there's not going to be fan service i think the whole thing for me is fan service but fan service done the right way exactly. dropping in melshi in there in, yeah. in that prison that was a great touch um and of course you see every uh, like the blasters i mean the blasters they use in the in the in the uh in the episode that we just saw in episode 10 were the iconic blasters that we saw uh, in the first several minutes of the original star wars on the tantive four and and just stuff like yeah, I that. Think, I mean, it's. I awesome. knew I was. I'm like, what? I'm like, who who has that blaster? <laughs> I knew yeah. I saw. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's a lot super of stuff that they do. Say that again. You cut off a little bit. There, there's a lot of little touches like that they do in the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that and scene it, with Bix on the last episode. You know, it was like. It was like like a almost fateful recreation of that scene with Leia, right? When she's getting interrogated, you know. They, yeah, where the camera they, they close down, it yeah, shows, scoops down, shows the feet shows walking. The, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, in episode nine. Yeah, I mean, there's homages left and right, yeah. and a, a pretty cool one. If it was intended, I'm pretty sure it was intended. I mean, you go back to George Lucas's really first kind of professional film in THX one one three eight when exactly. you have the prisoners and you have Robert Duvall in the white. And of course, when you see them in the prison, they look very much like you could have pulled that from like a THX story. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, it's so all the, there. It, yeah. 
And we got to see some creatures today, which people have been complaining about. <laughs> uh, yeah. When um, the spy, I don't remember his name, was looking to go meet up with him. you He was walking through the city or whatnot, and we saw it, some cool-looking aliens or whatnot. Because people have been complaining about that. I do think it would have been a little interesting to see a couple of them in the prison as well. Not yeah, that that's actually something that I brought up um, uh, last last episode. I'm like, I'm not because we saw we got that cool shot about all the um, all the the bridges right connecting like all the day shifts and night shifts when they when yeah. they switch and they kept going down like the line. I'm like, man, they they all look human to me, like straight up every single one of them. So I'm like, there's there's not a yeah, <laughs> I was like, there's there's not a one blue guy you know somewhere like <laughs> like. Exactly. One green guy, maybe like I'll take gray at this point, like something, you know. It would, um, would have been cool if you just yeah. even the background, you know, one or two. Yeah, yeah. There, I just made it feel a little bit more Star Warsy. Right, but then I mean, um, as as we all know, you know, with what uh, within the Empire, I mean, others non-human species basically became like like you know second rate like citizens, right? Um, you know, they they really were not taken uh, much into consideration as as actual citizens of the empire, uh, mm -hmm. except when it came to taxes, of course, and things like that. Um, so I was like, well, you know, maybe they like all the non-humans are in the worst of, you know, prisons, right? Like like the real bad ones, like on Mustafar and stuff like that. Um, so but again, that that might be just me overthinking it. But uh, that's in my head. That's why there was no blue guy, you know, in any of those floors. Yeah, I mean, a, a reasoning could be maybe the job specifically on that prison was more predicated to to humanoids or that particular species. I mean, I don't know. It, it could be one of those things. Um, for an outstanding show, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think this great overall that... Uh, you know, seeing this episode today, I mean, the season could have ended. I would have been like, wow. I mean, so how are they going to top off? In the, we yeah. have two episodes left. How is it going to even top this? Because Right. And we got two episodes left, right? And my understanding is that both episodes account for the season finale, right? If I remember correctly. Um, yeah, someone came out with all the arcs. And I think one of the initial reports was incorrect. Uh, but I, yeah. The cool thing about Andor is that every time we've anticipated some big set piece to happen, it's happened in the next episode. Yeah. And we've kind of got it with like the heist and now with this escape. So they've kind of really given us um, what we've uh, kind of anticipated in general. So what do you guys think about the length of the shows? Do you think it was a good decision to make a 12 episode season the way they're doing? Or do you think maybe they should have given us one big episode with an entire arc in it, like many movies in a way, but just have less episodes. What did we get? Two episodes at first or three, three, three. Yeah. Okay. So no, I think overall it's been good. Um, it just maybe felt a little bit slow up front, but you know, I, I really wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I think uh, the way, you know, from, from all the comments that I keep hearing, uh, if they would have made the, it's one of those things, 
Kenobi was six episodes, right? And everybody complained that we never got those long hour episodes that were so promised, etc. Right? Uh, the show started and ended, and we never got an hour long episode. Uh, so we complain about that. And then comes in Andor with twelve episodes, and you know, a little bit longer format, and uh, per episode, I mean. And you know, a lot of people complain about that. So I don't know if there's a sweet spot, you know, at like nine episodes that you know most people would feel like more comfortable with um me personally i don't mind it to me my my general rule of thumb is more star wars better okay uh and i understand that is not a rule applicable to to everybody and not everybody maybe has the time or wants to invest you know as much time on the on the show that it's to their eyes maybe not delivering what they were expecting and i completely understand that um but again, it this show is different. That's that I think that's something that everybody can agree on, right? Whether you like this kind of different or not, that's something else. But it is different in what it is doing, and I think this longer format and longer, I mean, you know, the twelve episodes, uh, totally lends itself, you know, to this. I think it goes hand in hand. So it's gonna be, like I said, it's gonna be interesting if we can get an arc in two episodes left, right? If that's the way they're gonna do it, uh, or you know, are we going to get two thirds of an arc and leave us in a cliffhanger uh, for next season? Right. Which, again, of course, there there has to be some sort of cliffhanger at the end. I just don't know if they're going to play it off through the whole arc. Uh, you know, this show to me has been so enjoyable. And I, you, you know, even when we did episodes months ago, I said I was really looking forward to it. And I thought people were going to be surprised how good it is. And here we are. It is. So, yep. you know, it's been different, like you said. But do we want to keep seeing the same thing over and over again? Right. I mean, I mean, Mandalorian feels kind of like a Western original trilogy vibe to it, which I like. Right. Yeah. I appreciate something different. And so when we see Absolutely. season three of Mandalorian, I'm look, I'll be excited for that type of show again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, um, it, it was, I feel it was necessary and inevitable in a way, right? Um, you can't keep making the same show over and over. And I think Book of Boba Fett proved that to a point, right? On some of those episodes. Um, those episodes, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, because the uh, the way I envisioned, you know, Boba Fett, if he was ever to get a show before all of this happened, uh, was basically The Mandalorian. Okay. So I, I envisioned him, you know, doing a lot of stuff like The Mandalorian did. So I don't know, you know, if this was... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was Disney, you know, back then saying you can't use Boba Fett for for any of this. You got to, you know, bring in somebody brand new. But I feel that the path that that the Mandalorian show takes, I kind of feel that should have been Boba Fett's path. Right. Uh, so, of course, you know, they they already established a character uh, and the mythos around it. And then um, they're like, hey, now now you can use Boba Fett. Right now. Now go ahead and give us something Boba Fett. And they're like, yeah, well. We kind of already, uh, <laughs> we kind of already spent our cartridge, right? So I feel that that 
that was seen through the show where there was sort of a lack of direction or lack of purpose maybe to, to the character make a lot of sense honestly. exactly it was like even boba fett as a character it's like okay he i could understand you don't want to be a bounty hunter ma- anymore you don't want to follow what other people tell you to do but then at the end of the ep- season he's like saying these are my people like how right. are people and you didn't even talk to these people like, <laughs> yeah like yeah like your people i mean i don't understand no i agree like that 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 sense of honor and duty to 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 them right it's like okay well but why again like what yeah how did that happen like you kind of just showed up and declared yourself like their savior type of thing (laughs) like yeah it just doesn't make any sense like that live on tatooine not as far as we know like how are these these people in any way from Camino and what you know what I mean it just it yeah. that, like what is going on here and then he's I don't know Boba Fett was a mess to me yeah and, and really then uh show but it just yeah. yeah for Book of Boba Fett it didn't help the fact that we were all expecting a really kind of hardcore exactly hero or anti-hero for that show and we didn't get it and i think that upset a lot of people and then people started like really criticizing plot and story and and looking at logic and common sense for the character and it it just really didn't vibe um but as as far as i know it didn't feel it felt like they had a, a, a low budget for it to be honest with you yeah. Well, yeah, they, they shot in the same area, Manhattan Beach, where they shot The Mandalorian. Yeah. And, I mean, everything has a budget. Even though it seems like Disney has unlimited funds, they still work off a budget. Right. And they shot The Mandalorian in the same spot, or, or they shot The Book of Boba Fett in the same spot where they shot The Mandalorian. Yeah. And Ahsoka is being shot there, too. But I'm not quite sure they're going to go low budget with that. Because um, I know that's Dave Filoni's really kind of pet project there. And I think yeah, I was going gonna to say I kind of hope not because I'm I'm yeah. I'm hoping that expands into you know of course Thrawn, uh, the world between worlds. If we can get a glimpse again, you know, Kane, uh, yeah, uh, not Kanan, Estra's um, story, all of that stuff, right? So I hope they don't cheap out, you know, on, on that. But like you said, everyone's got a budget, so uh, Book of Boba Fett it just shone through. It just and it, it didn't to me. Like, yeah. If, even in the stories of like, why do they keep showing the same flashback and nothing yeah. happens? Yeah. Like, show us something. Like, there's no bounty hunters that we can relate to, like Bosk or exactly know, or Lam or anything like that. Show you know what it's. I mean, like, yeah. Who are those would be alive? I guess some of those would be alive, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. If Max yeah. survived the sail barge, some <laughs> right. Um, but it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And and then you see this show, and you're just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I totally agree. So yeah, the Legacy of Nerd here on YouTube is uh, watching us, and he's uh, chiming in with a lot of good stuff here. Uh, yeah, and he's saying uh, Boba Fett is one of the, those characters that people built up more in their head than what we actually got, and well, see, that's the thing. Uh, what what I think really hurt the Book of Boba Fett, and I'm sorry to go on the tangent, but uh, to his point is that we actually saw the Boba Fett we wanted, right, for yeah. for a couple minutes on the Mandalorian show, yeah. and every and everybody was like, "Oh my yeah. lord!" Like 
give me 12 episodes of just this, right? Him smoking dudes left and right. I'll take it, you know? He even get that in his own show. And exactly. And then we get to his show, right? I mean, literally, the, clo- the closing uh, scene of, of season two of Mandalorian was Boba Fett sitting on the throne, right? Yeah. And so everybody smoking was like, for tuna. <laughs> exactly, smoking big Fortuna, him looking like a badass, you know, just sitting down, Fennec on the side, you know, drinking Spotchka, and everybody was like, boom, that's it. Ma- like, Mando who? Like, Boba, right? Yeah. And then we get, you know, Book of Boba Fett, and we're like, what happened? Like, did they not watch what they did, like, you know, <laughs> in that other show? Like, what's going on? <laughs> the story just, could you imagine if Tony Gilroy had done Book of Boba Fett? We would be crying. We'd be weeping. <laughs> it would be so beautiful to see yeah. the writing with Boba Fett. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was just, his character was a mess to me. And it just didn't, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, of course, I'm sure we're going to see him in Mandalorian season three. And, yeah. and I'm sure it'll be great because he was great in Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah. I mean, how great was it seeing him in, you know, what was it, episode 15 and 16? Uh, you know, or yeah, total, right? Season two. Yeah. Episode yeah. yeah. Was. And he was just incredible in Mandalorian. That's crazy. I mean. And directed by the same guy, Robert Rodriguez. And Favreau yeah. came up with that story. And then Favreau came up with the complete story, pretty much, of Book of Boba Fett. And then there's rumors that we're going to get a season two. And that hasn't really yeah. kind of bubbled up recently um because there's like some type of like weird leak from like south america on a disney on a disney plus pamphlet or something that an announcement was coming i don't know if maybe lucasfilm was like kind of like kind of putting that out there just to see what the general gauging general audience reaction to that would be maybe um i don't know maybe that was a tactic and a lot of people i think share the same kind of sentiment that uh we want to. We want the Boba Fett from uh, the Mandalorian season two for sure, yeah. and and not the spy kids on their <laughs> like driving five miles an hour like that episode of Seinfeld when they're on the Rascals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. Uh, I think I think we can all say that the book of Boba Fett didn't work out the way we wanted to, but when you watch the gallery episode of the behind the scenes, they really talk about certain things like, Oh my gosh, like they're talking about stuff that got me hyped up about the show that I had already watched. And it's (laughs) like, well, I mean, yeah, we got what we got, but I mean, the way they kind of like pumped it up, it was like, it it was a different show almost. And yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but see, that leads me to my next kind of topic here, because when you have, a story concentrated on uh, an anti-hero or an antagonist or a villain, how do you create um, a film, a TV show centered around that? You know, I mean, there, there's no real hero, um, no good guy to concentrate on. And you, you look at like modern day cinema and you have stuff like the Suicide Squad. I mean, they, I think James Gunn did a great job pulling off that second movie, but with now uh, news and casting uh, information for the Acolyte, that's going to be the new kind of challenge that Disney's going to have with the show that's um, kind of more concentrated on the dark side. But with the new synopsis that, that, that just dropped a couple days ago, it looks like 
it's going to center around um, uh, maybe like a, a lost Padawan that gets that reunites with uh, their master, and they kind of do like a, a investigation on uh, all the dark side stuff that happens in that show, which is at the end of the High Republic and kind of leads into Palpatine's uh, eventual takeover. So. What do you guys think about the new uh, Acolyte news? And, and are you guys excited about the Acolyte? Craig? Um, <clears throat> when I first heard about the show, I was thinking, oh, is this going to be like about some uh, Sith Lord or, you know what I mean? And it seemed more interesting than um, the updates that I've heard. But, you know, uh, you know, I want to hear more about it before I, I'm, I mean, I'm going to watch it, obviously, before I judge, but. I'm not too excited about the Acolyte. It just feels too far away. I don't really know any of the cast. Um, I don't really know what the story is really going to be quite about yet. So I'm kind of like, okay, we'll see. But, you know, with Ahsoka and Mandalorian coming up in the near future, I'm more like excited for that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, General Kenobi. So I I like that it's set in well borderline still in the High Republic uh, era, right? Uh, because we haven't seen that you know uh, on on a show, right? Animated or or live action. So I'm excited about that part. If I understood the timeline uh, correctly, uh, we could be encroaching in what used to be Darth Plagueis territory, right? In terms of the storyline. So. Um, so I was just having the discussion, but so Dark Plagueis, you know, the character itself uh, is canon because it was mentioned in the movie, right? But his story or his backstory or his interaction with Palpatine, all of that is sort of up in the wind, right? Because he was left out on a, on the Legends, right? Um, it's not part of the Disney publishing era. So technically it's not canon anymore. So if this show leads to Dark Plague is, you know, being reconnected into the saga, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. That's not to say that Dark Plague is will be, you know, necessarily like the main, you know, bad guy, right? Yeah. We could well, be. Plague with... is canon because he's in episode three. He's mentioned there. So exactly. Right. So that's what I meant, right? Like, so we, we know that he exists, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't know exactly where on the timeline he exists anymore. Uh, or honestly, even if he's still you know, considered to be Palpatine's uh, master, right? Because, I mean, again... I think that, yeah, I don't think they're going to change that. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either, but I'm just saying that officially, uh, you know, it hasn't been explicitly said uh, within, again, within the new canon um, or the official canon. So, uh, I would love to see, you know, if if maybe we're talking about Dark Plagueis' master, right? Uh, you know, in, in, around this, this period of time. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that part. And it might be too obvious to actually do that. I don't know. Uh, but to me, the, 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 the point in the story where I think this is going to take place sort of lines up, right? 
because again, if we're we're coming off of the High Republic era, which is what 200, 250 years before, um, uh, what is it, Episode One? So, and I and I think this is towards the end of that. So, um, somebody I read somewhere uh, somebody mentioned about a hundred years before Episode One. Yeah, I, I think initial reports were when they initially announced Acolyte, it was 200 years, but I think they changed it to 100 years before right. the events of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, so that that already sort of puts it, again, that kind of lines up for uh, for Dark Plagueis, maybe a young Dark Plagueis, right? Well, he's uh, a man, right? So how long do they live? Uh, I think they live a little longer than... Um, than humans do uh, right it's it's not much longer and i know yeah. their anatomy is is a little different internally right but um uh, but again you know if we add the factor about his dark side powers you know uh he could be extending his life and you know all of that stuff right which again would be cool um uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that possibility um but in in terms of of the the show itself you know them them dropping the um, how can I say it? the the synopsis is I I'm hoping we're actually not really gonna be focusing too much on that Padawan and Master. I hope they're sort of just like the gateway for for the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this this is supposed to be primarily at least a a dark side you know show, right? Like so, it's supposed to be based around around that. So I'm hoping they go that route. You know that they still keep. Um, Obviously, this is almost at the pinnacle of power for Jedi, right? So there's plenty of Jedi out there. Uh, you know, they're almost at their most powerful. Uh, you know, Yoda's around, obviously, things like that, right? Uh, so I'm hoping they um, they stay focused to to what I hope the show is. Again, covering, you know, what's going on on, on the other side, right? What's going on in the shadows? What's going on? How even when the Jedi are so powerful, you know, this is the most powerful we we know they are. Um, how are there still Sith around, right? Like how are they still moving along their agenda, right? Um, so I'm I'm hoping we get some insight to that. Yeah. So did they start sh- uh, shooting that yet, David? Or no? Yes, they started shooting it. I believe I, they dropped a picture with um, Leslie saw- Headland, right? Yeah, here's a picture of the cast here. It was a picture with uh, Amanda Stenberg and uh, Lee Jung-jae from Squid Game there. I don't know. We might be looking at a picture of Plagueis right here. But yeah, there the official go. synopsis oh. that dropped was... Who do you think is Plagueis? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I mean, could it be uh, Lee Jung-jae? I mean... No, we got four guys on there, so I'm assuming it'd be one of those four. Right, and that guy in the bottom left and the bottom middle look a little young, so yeah, I right. suppose Lee Jung, uh, he like he would be most likely based on those, they look pretty young, you know. Yeah, that would be an awesome reveal if we go a ways through the show and then it it's revealed that that's actually Plagueis, yeah. But yeah, yeah that the synopsis I wanted to read it right quick. Uh, the Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. So there are some clues there. Former Padawan? Okay, so we got to... And it says her, so So it's a female... 
former yeah. Padawan. So I'm guessing it's Daphne Keene. I mean, because I yeah. think Amanda Stenberg is the uh, the antagonist here. Oh, she is. Yes. All right. That's that's what I got from the announcement of of her being cast. Was well, do she's we the know, star of the show? Do we know who Jody Turner is or no? All right. It's a weird. It's a little weird that Carrie Ann is in this uh, from Matrix. Kind of takes you out of it a little bit when you see other people and stuff like that. Sometimes. You think she's the master? Could be. I mean, she's pretty athletic. I mean, she she's familiar yeah. with stunt work. Would so. make sense. Yeah. But I love Daphne King. What what she did in Logan was, was incredible yeah. as a little kid. Yeah. And I know she does um, his dark materials on HBO. And I think she's she's a terrific actress. I think she has it. So when is when is Acolyte supposed to come out this year? Um, I'm not quite sure if it's going to be uh, next not year or the year after. Um, yeah, I know. I'm already thinking 2023 myself. <laughs> yeah. um, because after Andor, I mean, there's a big like void there. There was a little rumor that dropped that maybe Disney Plus was going to drop like a little Grogu, like mini. I saw that episode I, or something. I think like yeah. a show episode, probably. Almost yeah. like a holiday special type thing. I don't know. There you go. Build up the hype for the toys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to remind yeah. those kids, you know, who's king in those aisles. <laughs> I will say one thing about uh, Andor. It's that. I can sit down with my daughter who's four and watch Mandalorian and she'll, she'll tell you all the characters. You obviously won't understand the story so much, but I couldn't, there's no way a young kid is going to be able to follow this show. It's, well, I don't know. A lot of kids surprise me, Craig, because I'll talk to kids and they're like watching stuff like Deadpool. And it's like, how did your parents <laughs> let you watch Deadpool? But yeah, I mean, uh, kids are getting more and more sophisticated as all these generations roll along. But I mean, there there is a lot to digest story wise for Andor. Yeah. That's that's a cool thing. All new characters, so many names, so many different planets introduced. That's the other cool thing about Andor is I, that we go I, to places we never seen. Dave. Say that again, Craig. Even remember half the names of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed, uh, you know, and I'm sure. Everybody here probably, you know, it's on the same boat. Uh, all those pre-orders that they've announced, you know, for either the Black Series or Vintage Collection, I, I'm i not that interested in the figures, you know, I, I off of Andor. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, they're all great actors and everything, but, you know, for me to take up, you know, what little shelf space I've got with, with honestly, with any of those characters, Andor included, I'm like, I, mm, no, I'm like, I... I've thought the same... I'm good. <laughs> and I've hardly I've I've I pre-ordered like the vintage collection stuff, but all the black series stuff, no interest. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I mean we could Yeah, I give us look at the three of us behind us. It's a <laughs> exactly <laughs> we know we eat this stuff up. Like you know what we're talking about here, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I still have unopened have stuff right here. Any nice. of the black series stuff uh for them. I like the I like the vintage cards and stuff, so I'll get those. But yeah, yeah I'm the same boat as you. I felt the same way. Yeah, I don't. I just, I don't yeah, know. It's just it doesn't, you know, doesn't it even tempt me to be like, yeah, I need, I need Andor dressed up as an Imperial. I'm like, nah, really, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna, what is the figure that you 
would want from the show, really. I mean, the, you know, it's funny because I was actually thinking about that. I'm like, have we seen a new trooper on this on, on this um, show? We got him in Obi Wan. We did, yeah, and yeah, I we, pre-ordered that one. <laughs> that uh, what was that? The uh, shock? No, not a shock trooper. It was a uh, the black and the with the red visor. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the purge trooper. Purge. Um, yeah, yeah, phase one, I think, or phase two, I forget. Yeah, I think um, so. um, but you're, yeah, no, we haven't seen. In fact, we didn't see. We really haven't seen hardly any Imperials. Nope. As far as, as I was like, thinking. Yeah, as far as anybody in armor, uh, armor. Sorry, uh, we got short troopers, which we've gotten plenty of. Um, yeah, we got the KX droids. Like, we got the uh, KX, KX droids. KTSO, you know, yeah. Um, so that's probably you know about about the. You know about the most like visually entailing like figure, but um, even stormtroopers, right? And they've they've been just regular stormtroopers, right? All the all white. Um, aside from that, yeah, I, I can't think of a new trooper that we've seen. So I don't know. That's that's usually what comes out of these shows, right? Some sort of new trooper. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm down with all the troopers, but um, I yeah, I don't I don't know honestly. I mean, uh, yeah. they're all human, like we just discussed, right? So. Again, visually, for as as a toy, let's call it right as an action figure, they're not you know super awesome. <laughs> yeah, someone made the joke online that we don't have that Grogu for Andor. It's like we need yeah. a baby in Andor, and someone exactly. was like, "Baby Borgullet." <laughs> I <mean>. Sold. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Color me interested, sir. Like Borgullet when they're swimming and the, out of the water. Yes, Borg exactly. <laughs> It's more gullet attachment. <laughs> and they're going to swim. swim exactly. <laughs> it's like a face hugger, you know, but a little bit cuter. That's, that's it. I think we've that's come cute. on to something. Next I week, think. I think how did they Tony, know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tony Gilroy, take notice. You know, Andor presents him as a gift to Saw Gerrera, you know. The to suffer. Poor, yeah, exactly. Baby poor gullet. Sold. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. Coming next Thanksgiving, Grogu, <laughs> baby, poor <laughs> Exactly. That's a nice ring to it. it does, yeah, hey. It's like a detective story. These two misfits on an adventure together, <laughs> baby, poor gullet. <laughs> Love it. And every, and every other minute, Grogu's trying to eat him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll start to take a bite of one of his tentacles. Maxim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think we stumbled on something there. Oh yeah. But um, now for the part of the program where we talk a little uh, about some uh, a little uh, less positive news here. So this guy right here, um, his name is J.D. Dillard, and he was announced to uh, actually be working on a film project. But unfortunately, the Hollywood Reporter uh, just released a new exclusive article revealing that director J.D. Dillard uh, and writer Matt Owens were developing a Star Wars film for Lucasfilm. At the time, Lucasfilm and Disney were reportedly undecided whether or not the project was for the big screen or a title for the Disney Plus streaming service. However, word on the project has been silent, with most fans assuming it was no longer development and appears those suspicions were correct. And Several other media outlets have confirmed that uh, this man is no longer uh, developing anything uh, TV or film-wise. So we lost another director. Uh, I know he was not as famous, not as uh, hailed, but uh, 
as Benny Weiss and Josh Trank and everything. But, I mean, we lose another one. But then we gain uh, someone, it appears, uh, this gentleman, uh, Sean Levy, who I think uh, audiences may be a little bit more familiar with him. I know I am, just for the simple fact that I've watched and I've uh, kind of stayed in contact with the news um, in regards to Stranger Things and Ryan Reynolds. So, Sean Levy is uh, being reported as a possible, uh, in, impossible talks with Lucasfilm to be the next director of a film. Um, and Deadline is claiming that uh, the Star Wars film will become Levy's focus once he wraps production on Deadpool 3, which he's working on uh, with Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah, he's uh, actually moving up in the world. So, don't uh, hold your breath. Um, I know we've the it's a laundry list now of directors being confirmed by different media outlets to be working on, and I do believe them. And then they leave for one reason or another, and uh, uh, we all know that mandate that uh, Bob Chapek gave Kathleen Kennedy to stop announcing stuff, uh, <laughs> so the uh, the fandom doesn't uh, cry out uh, when when they uh, leave the project. So. What do you guys think about the whole carousel of directors? I think Star Wars is such a unique uh, genre. Genre. Great word. Thank you. Uh, that it's we're very hard to please the fans. <laughs> okay. We have high expectations and we pretty much complain about just about everything. Uh, so they know they have to get it right, especially um, after how divided things became with the movie that shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> so I think, I think maybe they're Trying to uh, maybe Kathleen is uh, wanting to announce things because she thinks a project is going to take off, and then it doesn't go the way she wants it to go, and then you wind up getting fired halfway through the project and replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's tough though because George had a vision, a unique vision, and I don't think a lot of people possess that same ability to to have the vision that he does to walk around a model table with you know, 30 job of the huts and be like, that's the one, you know what I mean? Like that's the ship, that's the design, that's the thing creating this universe. Uh, now I don't think many people have the ability to do that. And so it's tough to get people that can, I think John Favreau and Filoni do a great job of that, but I hate to say it. I don't think Ryan Johnson and, uh, JJ Abrams did. I mean, even even JJ, I think, really struggled. So, I mean, th- you bring up a lot of points that I want to talk about there. So, going to your JJ Abrams uh, point there, um, it just came out that Lucasfilm. I think it, someone released a story that Lucasfilm admitted that they rushed the sequel trilogy, and of course, we all know that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure oh, that out. Shows. I mean, once Disney acquired Lucasfilm, they're like, we got to pump out those films. And we were all in shock, like, oh, my God, they want to. Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. And then we were kind of like midway through, like, well, maybe that's not the best idea, but we're getting Star Wars again. It's like the thing that has happened twice before in 
reality in 77 and 99. It's going to happen again in 2015. And we just wanted it so bad. And we kind of got what we got. But of course, they had to continue on and please the shareholders and and make their money back. But they made their money back with that first film, essentially, you know, with all the toys yeah. and, and the film box office and then home video and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a cautionary tale. But see, the very interesting thing is we've I know I have been clamoring for a setup to where even if even if Kathleen Kennedy stays on great she's she's one of the greatest of all time producers but she's not a a Star Wars fan through and through I mean she's not an, I mean right. you can't have a conversation about Plagueis with her I mean she she might kind of like offhand know that character and then just kind of nod her head but I mean she's not going to know the lore like a Filoni so it's interesting that DC kind of like took that information and they hired some, they just hired someone to be on the financial side. And then they hired a separate CEO to be on the creative side and James Gunn. So now there's a new DCU with two people at the top, one making creative decisions and one essentially kind of doing the producing and signing the checks now. So I think that's something I think Lucasfilm could really, really benefit from. And I think that's, that would, I think that would put to bed all the stuff of we got to fire Kathleen Kennedy. We got to get rid of her. I think if there was someone at the top handling creative and saying, this is the direction we need to go and have one kind of unified vision of where everything kind of needs to lead up to, because when you look at Andor, it's great. Yeah, sure. But I don't think Favreau or Filoni really had a, all that much input into what was going down. I, I might be wrong. I don't know. But I know the story group was involved. But I think as a collective fan base uh, that's in the know, I think we all kind of want Filoni to take on that position. And he really proved himself with The Mandalorian and now with Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka, if if Ahsoka is just ridiculously great, I mean, you got you got to put Filoni at the top right next to Kathleen Kennedy making the big decisions for Star Wars. And I, don't I have know. a feeling that that show can wants that though because that would take he that would put a lot of pressure on him and take away a lot of the time that he would have to spend writing and developing the actual stories that he wants to do that is a good point we don't know what he wants we don't right. know if he wants to climb the corporate ladder with that's the thing people question about kevin feige too a lot of people say he's going to move on from marvel and of course he has a star wars film on his plate we, ne- we don't know when that's going to drop so that's oh, kind of the big question. This last phase of Marvel has been <laughs> not it's good. Roughies, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry if you guys like it, but for me, it's like I I watched one episode of She-Hulk and I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> I still haven't, so I'm right there it, with you. This episode was so bad for me. I mean, honestly, like this whole phase has been disappointing for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I don't know. I actually love She-Hulk. It it knit my expectations for what I thought I was going to get. So, I mean, it was like a sitcom. Okay, so may, maybe I'll, I'll give it a, sh- a little bit more of a try, but for that first episode was brutal for me. I was just... I mean, did you did you like Allie McBeal? Uh, no. <laughs> it's basically that. It's basically that. Allie, but with... wasn't that... Uh... Calista Flockhart from like yeah Harrison Ford's wife yeah nice. yeah I ever watched that show no 
it's essentially that. It's a little less quirky, but I mean, it, it's kind of that. It's fourth wall breaking, like Deadpool. She talks to the camera. I I didn't like the fact that like even in the first episode, like she doesn't have any struggles with becoming the Hulk. Meanwhile, Bruce Banner's been struggling with it for twenty years or whatever the heck it is. It's like what. You're you're fine. Thirty seconds later, like what? It just annoyed me. It's like, yeah. How does it make sense? <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know, the whole phase for me has not been so good. I mean, Wandavision was okay. Thor was the you know Love and Thunder was okay. What else was in this phase? Uh, Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange was okay. Mm. Um, Werewolf by Night? Did you ever check that out? I still haven't. Werewolf by Night? No. And I didn't even watch The Eternals. It looked so boring. Yeah, that's that's four hours. I'm never going to get back. But Werewolf by Night was actually directed by the score, uh, the composer of Rogue One, Michael Giacchino. Oh, nice. I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen it, but yeah. I've heard really good things about it. So it's definitely and on my list. Also, the other Star Wars connection is uh, Kerry Jones, I believe his name is. The guy that was in the suit for uh, Black Chrysanthemum yeah. played uh, one You're of the right. characters in there as well. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And he was actually at Alamo City Comic Con. Did you uh, go, General Kenobi? I did. Um, I got to see uh, Katie Sackhoff um, um, out here. And um, I think I saw... I saw him too, but he was walking away already. Maybe there was two different conventions that happened. I think there was like something big, uh, Alamo City Comic Con, and then there was another convention. I think there, there was there was ones. a big one uh, two weekends ago, maybe. Okay. Uh, but I didn't get to go to that one. <clears throat> David, you're big on rumors. Have we heard any rumors about upco- possible upcoming shows or any possible upcoming leaks? I haven't heard any leaks about Mandalorian Season 3. I've heard a lot. Really? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, I've kind of strayed away a little bit from it um, because I've gone into stuff kind of thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have been spoiled on that. And But, I mean, it, it's just so, so intriguing. Um, and it, it, it's such a weird kind of culture, the spoiler culture. Yeah, um, that exists. The actual spoiler cult. There, there's a lot of people out there that straight up lie on the internet, and there's a lot of people out there that actually, sorry, unbelievably yeah. do have sources, and it's like, like how make, is this possible? Making StarWars.net with Jason and yeah, Bespin Bulletin too. I I totally trust <laughs> them. That's why I read all their stories because I mean they they're right on. I mean if and the stuff that they don't even hit on. And I, if I report it, people will come back and say, well, that didn't happen. That wasn't true. It's like, well, I mean, it happened, but they just cut it out of the film or they just kind of pivoted to something else. But I'm pretty sure that was the case. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Mandalorian season three, there's a lot of stuff, man. Really? There's a whole lot of, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff. I don't want to say it here. I don't spoil, spoil anything, but. It, it's going to figure to be really, really crowd-pleasing, really interesting, very, very 
Um, it seems like a higher budget. They've increased the budget. I, I think we've seen with all the trailers. Yeah, uh, oh, if yeah. you're at Celebration and the trailer they released online. And then the rumor is we're going to get a trailer on Christmas Day. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys heard that. Yeah. that. There's a lot of stuff, man. There's there's a lot of stuff. Uh, really interesting. I haven't heard any Christopher Lloyd stuff. I know he's been mm-hmm. kind of talked about. Um, mm. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff. Uh, story and plot. I, th- there's a lot of that out there. But um, it's going to drop in February. The, the rumor for that is February 23rd, I believe. Yeah. It's right around the corner. I mean, we're going to get it pretty soon here. So, and we're going to get the Bad Batch at the start of January. That's and a, then they dragging they I feel like sometimes they're dragging their feet with releasing these shows. There's I, I'm sure the show is done. And the same thing with Tales from the of the Jedi, which was excellent by the way. Uh, yeah. loved it. They were short, but they were they were great. Uh made Dooku's character so much more oh, compelling. So I mean, um, but, but they—I feel like they just take forever to release the show, and I'm sure it's done. Well, they were going to release it this year, right? Uh, Bad Batch. Yeah, um, yeah, come out in the summertime, wasn't it? Yeah, I—I I, I think August, there was like a September. domino effect happening because they didn't want this. So, so initially, we're going to get Andor two episodes in August, and then they pushed it, probably due to the fact that House of the Dragon and Rings of Power was coming out. But it created like a really, really cool pocket of time for me, especially because I would watch House of the Dragon Sunday night after Sunday night football and then watch Andor Tuesday leading into Wednesday, Wednesday morning, and then Thursday watch Thursday night football, yeah. which would lead into Rings of Power. Into Rings of Power, yeah. And then I would just repeat that. Oh, and She Hulk would drop on uh-huh. Wednesdays, I believe. I can't remember anymore, but I mean, I had like four shows going all simultaneously. <laughs> so yeah, it, like I said, it was a domino effect. They moved Andor. They gave us the three episodes, which was a great move. Very, very smart because yeah. it feels like these 30 minute. That's why I asked the question earlier. These 30 minute bite-sized chunks of the Andor story. It's a little frustrating for me. I want a complete arc to see and kind of absorb. I think that would, maybe help out Andor's cause with viewership. But like you said earlier, it's like a lot of people aren't watching this, but I I think it's primarily based on the fact that it's not an Obi-Wan. It's not a Vader, which they really do need to make make a Vader series. I don't care what anyone says about Vader got three movies. He got a whole trip. No, he really didn't. Um, But because I think there's a lot to talk about and share and show with, vader actually being in the suit doing things there yeah which i mean some of the stories that they've been covering on his comic book are are pretty good uh i won't say all of them because that you know that's that's an overstatement but there there are some you know legit legitimate gems in there about you know uh his struggle you know he coming to grips with what he is now what he has to do um of course all the trials that you know palpatine puts him through all the all the schemes, all of that stuff, you know, is, is pretty fun. So it'd be cool to watch a, a show based on that. Yeah, if they could do it the right way, it would certainly be interesting. Exactly. But I mean, that scene with in Obi Wan was just—that um, was one of the best Star Wars scenes ever. I yeah. Mean, like you know, it's just, and, and to you know, we wouldn't really be able to see that side of him again because 
in that moment, it seemed like he was going back and forth between Anakin and Vader in the very, like, you know, in that moment, you know, it's like, but after that, like, really, Anakin's got to kind of be out of the picture. So you would think he wouldn't have so much internal struggle at that point. Yeah, especially yeah, and, 10 years he, after, right? I mean, you know, yeah, and he clarified it with you yeah. didn't kill Anakin, I yeah, did, I did, yeah, yeah, which I and love, by the way. His face, like, I like he like he was like happy about it, like, I killed, yeah, him. yeah, very like sinister and creepy, yeah, with the red light, the lightsaber went from yeah. blue to red. And uh, you know, it's interesting, I before that scene, uh, seeing that scene really changed an aspect of Darth Vader for me, uh, probably for you guys too, right. Uh, on some level, I felt like maybe he would—he had like dissociated and and created like a multiple personality because he couldn't handle the trauma. And you know that my supervisor, who has dealt with DID and trauma, and many clients that have it, has told me that she's had clients say, "I killed one of my the the main." person that they come right. so uh to me it made another a whole nother level to that character mm -hmm. and so much more complex like was this alter darth vader coming out and that's why darth vader or anakin was like in the back and is unconscious all those years right yeah so. yeah and i mean that's that's the logical progression of dissecting that yeah. type of character i mean you got to figure that that's the only way that 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 person now that is hardly a person kind of survives and keeps going after all the crazy trauma that happened and physically, mentally. And I mean, that's I mean, that's just a terrible thing. Yeah. And in fact, if you really think about it, like the initial trauma of mom dying in his arms would have could have caused somebody to split in that moment. Because right, right. they handle it, and they he created the altar in that moment when he goes crazy, you know, and kills yeah. everyone. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's it would be interesting. I don't know how they could quite use any of that at that point in the series. You know what I mean? Unless somehow they did it leading up to the Obi Wan show. My pitch was have. Obi-Wan Kenobi season two, but of course they Obi-Wan and Vader never meet. They have parallel storylines, so you can get the Qui-Gon Obi-Wan stuff happening in the training yeah. out in the desert of Tatooine. I know a lot of people don't want to see Tatooine again, but <laughs> I can't get enough of it. I love Tatooine. Tatooine has a huge backstory. It used to be oceans on Tatooine. But anyways, you could have concurrent running storylines. They never meet. It's like a Vader Obi-Wan show, and Vader's hunting down maybe other Jedi that survived Order 66, and him with that mental struggle that we just talked about and yeah. how we may, we can get flashbacks of him and Padme and maybe de have a de-aging scene there and bring back Natalie Portman. I'm sure she's game. I mean, she, she came back to Disney and Marvel and I mean, it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know. Do you guys, I still would love to see a Luke series. Do you guys think that's possible, feasible at this point? The, the, yeah. The age, uh, or whatever they the uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. The technology they used for Book of Boba Fett was just incredible. 
Yeah, it was incredible. But the whole challenge with that is, as my buddy, you know, Carl pointed out, then when with the, when there's movement with the uh, the deep fakes, that the the face just kind of like floats, and you you can't track a human face still yet, and you see the actual actor's face underneath. If you go back and watch those episodes where. Luke is training with Grogu. You can actually see the other actor's face if you pause it just right, or if you just concentrate, you can see the other actor. Mm. But now the avenue of maybe having a Tales of the Jedi focusing on Luke, that option is now on the table, I think. And I think with the critical universal success oh, yeah. of that show, Lucasfilm's looking at it like, well, they, they seem to like it. Um, let's uh, green light another series and and have some more kind of tells drops but yeah the yeah. dq stuff is fantastic yeah i give you a mini series just to that right but um yeah i i like that they actually pushed a little bit the you know the the storyline in that first dooku episode right when uh with the young qui-gon i mean that's about as far back as we've gone uh on a show right uh in terms of of the timeline right i know stories there's plenty of them that go way back um but in terms of, of the main timeline, I think, you know, that's what, 20, maybe 30 years before Phantom Menace. So we're, we're pretty out there already, you know, which I like. I mean, I'm all for it. You know, let's start, let's start, you know, expanding a little bit, right? Let's start pushing, you know, the before and after. Uh, let's start, you know, focusing maybe a little bit away from our comfort zone, right? Of this, like, 40 years of, of story. Or, uh, well, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, so I enjoyed that part. So if you give me one far ahead, you know, with Luke, I'm all for it. If you give me one, you know, all the way back to to the the High Republic or just after it, right? Or what what caused the the decline of the Jedi Order? You know, tell me in like three little shorts, just like you did with Dooku. Again, I, I am all for that. Um, and we are absolutely gonna get more tells of the Jedi. I mean, there's no question about it. Do you think we're going to get Luke in Mandalorian season three? I think I don't think I've seen leaks on that, but I, how, you would think that they would add him back because he's kind of like a character now in the Mandalorian. I mean, you can have him sliding the green lightsaber with the hood on, film him from the back, and it's fine. I mean, it's it's there. Um, yeah, uh, in the same it, in the same way that I think we will see Boba Fett, right? Uh, what is Mando? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I'm. I am. All Awkward. for that, but yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So uh yeah, sorry about dropping you into the Sarlacc. <laughs> He'd probably be like, I had it coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're my people now, so it's cool. Um but yeah, and uh in terms of the all this, you know, in and out of uh directors, uh I mean, look, it's a it's a huge franchise, right? It's 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 probably the biggest one being worked on right now in multiple projects. I I think it's it's just you know um, how can I say it? it's not feasible to think that there will not be any changes from here, you know, from from inception to completion, you know, or release of the project. Like there is absolutely going to be changes, and some of those changes will not sit well with the director. Or uh, or the studio, right? Uh, you know, if it's the director pushing, that's I think that just comes in, uh, you know, normally. Now this is way higher visibility because again, it is Star Wars, and like Craig mentioned, you know, uh, Star Wars' uh, worst enemy is a Star Wars fan. So uh, you know, we are <laughs> it's looking you, at General Kenobi, exactly right. <laughs> uh, 
you know, hey, the Republic was brought down from within. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of like like those things where we we are definitely uh, uh, looking, you know, under the microscope, every, every single movement, every single word they say, every single announcement there is right. Every sentence of those announcements. So, I mean, it, it's just it might seem maybe in the overall you're like, oh, hey, man, we just lost, you know, two or three directors this year. Right. Um uh, but I'm like, yeah, but look at how many projects we got, right? I mean, we got, what, maybe 10 projects in the works, uh, you know, at various stages. So, you know, it, it's a lot going on yeah. uh, with the franchise. So, uh, you know, and absolutely, they have to get it right. You know, they've had hits and misses, right? I'd, I'd say they're about, you know, maybe up on the hit list right now but you know it just takes that one bad movie or that one bad series to bring it all down again uh, well, i think people i mean i think the biggest problem with the sequel trilogy is that disney was trying to force us to like all these new characters and they didn't give people what they wanted which was uh we waited 30 years for our original cast back yeah. uh, luke leia chewbacca the droids all together lando you know, drinking Colt 45. Yep. And we didn't get it. We didn't get it. We didn't even get no. one scene of it. Not even no. a flashback. No. And that's the biggest mistake they made, in my opinion. You Had they had them all together, at least for half the movie, included some of the new characters, and then they have to go separate ways for whatever reason, that yep. would have made a lot more sense than making us wait 30 years for characters we don't know or care about i want to see han solo and luke and leia and you know what i mean like yeah yeah that that first movie should have been the handoff like you said right uh, let's get a story with our original heroes and then uh you know what we are whatever we are too old we are too involved we are whatever it is right and, and we got to split up but you you know new characters you guys are gonna have to keep the fight you know going, all, all of that stuff, right? And then move move forward on the second movie, yeah. develop all your characters, right? Uh, make us care about them. And then third movie, you close it all out, right? Maybe you brought you bring back the original heroes, right? For that last push against, you know, the big evil, whatever it was, not Palpatine again. Um, and yeah. so, you know, that's how you close it out, right? I mean, you, you bring out the, in their dire, you know, time of need, you bring out, you know, Luke, just to give them that last push, right, or Han or whatever, and then boom, they, you know, we're home free. Um, yeah, it would. Yeah, exactly. They they didn't give people what we had been waiting forever, yeah. and then to make it even worse, they take Luke Skywalker and just desecrate his character. And I don't care what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Life size Luke Skywalker bust up there, baby. Oh, nice. Custom, <laughs> so, very nice. Um, to me, uh, it was had you given us the characters the way we know and love them, you could have went another directions in the second and the third. But because yeah. you give us what we've been waiting for all those years, and then you dump on our like one of our favorite characters and make him like a completely different person, it was just like what, what? Yeah, uh, and it just really the fan base just like became so divided. It was like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Right. 
Of course, it was 95 people, 95% hating Last Jedi. And then five <laughs> people that do a lot of drugs, they have mental health problems that liked it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, now we're in 14 minutes in, so nobody's even listening at this point. <laughs> On that note. I'm yeah. coming is Craig five this next time so they can't get angry at me I'll be like oh that was the other Craig no that was yeah that was remember how I talk about split personalities yeah that was yeah. that was number four that was <laughs> four he was no good exactly five is here he's ready yeah no good he rooted for the Yankees yeah <laughs> <laughs> will we get so. hate <laughs> all right I don't if know we'll we'll see I'll frame it nice yeah, we'll yeah, we'll totally see on that. So. But I think that was so sensitive. Yeah, thank you. That I think that made us so sensitive that that's really why Disney has to be so careful right now. Yeah, with Star Wars because mm -hmm. of what happened with that sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Solo. A lot of people like Solo. I thought it was pretty good. To me, yeah. I think one small change would have made a big difference. Harrison Ford should have helped narrate it. Even just an intro, the beginning, here and there, where you hear him, it would have made it feel a lot more like Han. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, like what they do with like Young Wonder Years or something like that, you know? Just adding Harrison on some level would have, I think, made people feel more like I'm watching Han Solo, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could help, yeah. Because there was a lot of people upset about that movie too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right, guys. Well, on that note, um, General Kenobi, uh, tell the people where they can find you. Sure. Uh, main YouTube channel called General Kenobi's Bunker. Uh, we talk about Star Wars, of course. We go toy hunting for Star Wars. We do toy reviews. We do episode reviews such as Tales of the Jedi. I am uh, just about wrapping up that series. And um, we also go live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central on my show called The High Ground. So if you like to talk about Star Wars, um, please join us there. I would greatly appreciate, you know, if you guys check us out. You can't find me anywhere. Don't find <laughs> me, you last Jedi likers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can send all your emails to uh, Craig Ford, Star Wars exactly. Podcast at gmail.com. I'll, I'll sift through them, I guess. It'll be like, subject is, I loved Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> also, you can find us at Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast on Twitter, if it still exists after a couple yeah. weeks here, uh, at Stuff Pod, uh, TikTok. We um, afford eight dollars a month we need you guys to sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess we technically could get verified huh pay the eight dollars a month sponsor us for eight dollars a month do you look at poor david he's hungry he can't <laughs> yeah all i got here are these sunflower seeds and no yeah support yeah. our verified check mark today <laughs> it'll be it'll be like one of those commercials for the dogs and like <laughs> the rescue center Sir <laughs> McLaughlin playing in the background there you go sold yeah. David needs <laughs> eight bucks 
All right, for the fourth time on that note, uh, my name is David. For General Kenobi, Craig Four, may the Force be with you. Always.